0: Amen. Hey, once again, we're in our study, world religions, cults, and the occult. Number 12, the topic is, Bobby. Scientology. Scientology. And the tagline is, it's not just science fiction, it's science fiction... Uh, cold but that's right we gotta do a little detour here because that's right Bobby I don't know if you realize this you're getting a fan club uh, there's been uh, even a conferences and having people come up hey who's Bobby Bobby uh, Bobby he's not like a neat guy Bobby 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 Right? And all this stuff and stuff like that and bill gets it too because I pick on bill a lot in the deacons in his bad days and uh, but that's right Bobby give it up uh, for it <clears throat> live from Las Vegas internet crowd those of you watching by video live or later the one the only Bobby, come on here, Bobby. That's right. Everybody's wanted to see you. All right. Do you want to buy a little close? You gotta get in the camera. All right. All right. Bobby. Alright. Alright, see you later. Right, you know, there you go. And hey, now you guys know who Bobby is. You can put a face to the guy that always gets the right answer on the front row. But that's right. Hey, World Religions, Colts, the alcohol, number 12, Scientology, Science Fiction, Nicole. How do we know that? Because we've been dealing with the facts. We've been taking a look at the history through L. Ron Hubbard, where it started. He wrote his book, Dianetics. He lost control of that. He turned it into a religion called Scientology. And boy, did he grab control. He was never going to lose uh, control again of his money-making machine, his own words. He developed a military force. Of course, he died but before he died there was a hostile takeover with the current leader a guy named David Miscavige he's the new face very abusive you do something wrong anything he doesn't like and you're gonna get chucked in the hole or you might just disappear or die or nobody knows where you are like his own wife Shelly still to this day missing then we began to take a look at their version of history with Xenu the galactic overlord and all that kind of stuff we dealt with that then the last couple times we have been dealing with well are you serious they're, they're really uh, a cult well yeah we've been taking a look how do you know you're? Involved in a cult. How do we know that Scientology is a cult? Well, they fit every single classic definition. Their source of authority is it the Bible? No. As we saw, who do they follow? A man, L. Ron Hubbard, right? Uh, And so guess what? Everything gets messed up from downhill. Now, remember they said the statement was 98% compatible with Christianity. Are you serious? You don't even follow the Bible, period. So guess what? You get the nature of God. You get Jesus, the nature of man, and salvation messed up. And that's where we left off last time. But now what we're going to see is there at the final uh, section there, uh, towards the bottom of that last page in your workbook, why are they so, what's the word there? attractive right because we're looking at it and you're going like man this stuff it's fully occult and 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 this guy's heavy duty drug user he's probably demonically possessed and, and and we saw videos of him talking while he's on drugs and full of demons it doesn't make sense it's nonsensical it's illogical it's just a made-up story a hodgepodge of this and that how could anybody follow this should have been fallen by the wayside decades ago why are they so Attractive. Why are they still even going today? Well, let's take a look. The workbook says this. Uh, number one, Scientology gives a self uh, a sense of what? Self empowerment. Right now, one thing that man likes is religion. Right, religion, because religion, you feel justified, self-justified. I'm not as bad as I think. Cause you know when I go to church services, or I'm not. I, I I try to, you know, be good to my family. I only kick my dog on Thursdays when I, you know, and I'm not. I'm an American. You know, I'm just you know one of those people who I believe in. You know, I just try to be. Man likes to justify himself, and if religion will help him do that, whether it be as we saw with the other the cults, right? Hey, I, I don't drink. I wear you know white shirts, and I do my little bike tour and and i stay away from caffeine and you know like the mormons right oh hey i got bloody knuckles from all the doors i've been knocking on telling people about jehovah you know like jehovah's witnesses they feel justified in that scientology it's the same thing it's all about self Self self-empowerment you learn these techniques from l ron hubbard man you could become your own God, ultimately. So it feeds into that basic unfortunate human sin called self-righteousness. Was there a group of people that Jesus consistently called out for self-righteousness? It rhymes with the Pharisees. Did you guys know what the answer is? You guys are on the ball, and not just you, Bobby, with your newfound famous uh, self-empowerment tonight. That's right. But it says you can become one with the universe, they teach Scientology, by clearing your mind of bad thoughts. Bad thoughts, the engrams, all that stuff. Sin is not an issue, according to them, and boy, who doesn't want to hear that? Right, don't worry about that sin thing, right? And there is a methodology, i.e. works, again, man likes works, right? That allows you to obtain spiritual awareness and there is no God, which means, guess what? You can do whatever you want because you're not accountable to anybody. In fact, oh, by the way, let's just throw that in there. You are God and you just need to remind yourself of that and you can get that way for enough cash, right? If you go through the levels and discover that's what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's why it's so attractive. Now, the other big reason why it's so attractive, we're gonna spend the bulk of our night tonight is what is called the celebrity okay centers that they have, celebrity centers. This is why I think by and large, Scientology is still continuing to exist today, and it hasn't completely crumbled. It's starting to decline, okay, because all the bad press and stuff of that nature, but they're still going strong, unfortunately, in a lot of areas because they've got Hollywood, people in Hollywood who are promoting them. And it's that old icon thing, right? Well, hey, it's, you know, people follow the the stars and things of that nature. Scientology, way back when even with uh, L Ron Hubbard realized the power of having an influential person behind your thought or belief system and certainly that's true but before we get into that open your Bible to 1st Peter chapter 3 1st Peter chapter 3 and uh, kind of the theme again for tonight with our final study here 1st Peter chapter 3 and we're gonna take a look uh, a big difference right see and, and we're called to give a defense for the hope that lies within us because it's true See, so you could always, the nature of truth is it's absolute, okay? And you could also defend the truth because it's true. It's like the old saying, you always tell the truth because you, you can defend it, right? Lies eventually will catch up, right? So, but let's take a look at uh, 1 Peter 3, verse 13 through 15, or let's do 15. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord, right, and Always make sure that if you ever run into trouble and somebody asks you a question that you uh, call the pastor and then you have them talk to them because you don't know what to you just pass the buck. No 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 if the pastor's not ready to go, you you got get a hold of the deacons and see if you can schedule a meeting that the deacons can take care of that question with that person that you work with or that family What's it say? You Christian, be prepared. Right? Praise God, you got church leaders that can help you out and whatever, but who, who's it to? It's to the individual. Always, right, and oh, by the way, always, what's always? Once in a while? Yeah, I means all the time, always be prepared to what? Give an answer. To who? Everyone. You mean even those people that ask those weird questions, what about UFOs? What about dinosaurs? If God's so loving, why is there, yeah, that's everyone, right? Which means, guess what? You got to do your homework. You got to get into this. You gotta invest the time. That's what the word disciple means, disciplined learner. Right? To answer everyone who, also, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So we get equipped, we do it respectfully, kindly, but we need to get equipped, right? Now that's what the Bible says. We Christians, we are called to witness. To God's truth, Jesus, who is the truth, we are called to witness in love. Scientology, how do they advance? That's how we advance, right? Scientology, that they advance by influence, and if that doesn't work, they threaten you, right? And again, this is what's the premise behind celebrity sinners, Right? This is basically their big way to, if you will, to use our term, witness, to evangelize. And they do it through celebrity. Scientology celebrity centers are Scientology's way to reach out to the general public. But listen, these celebrity centers, they're basically Scientology, and I hate using this because it's our word, Right, churches. It's basically Scientology churches, but they're only really technically for artists, politicians, leaders of industries, sports figures, and anyone with the keyword here, power to create a better world, right? So they're not just an average Scientology, again, I hate using this word, church that you can go into. These are for the elite, specifically the celebrities, hence the name celebrity centers, okay, guys? Be like if you and I have church service, no, sorry, sorry, Bob, you can't come because you don't have that celebrity status like we have right here on the front row with live from Vegas, Bobby, that's right. He's words as we know, he is famous, right? So this is only, not just a service, but this is only a church for people like Bobby, right? And of course, we would say, that's ridiculous, right? But that's what they do. They, they do this. They have celebrity centers. Now, the Celebrity Center International was established in Los Angeles, 1969, by Yvonne Gillum. She was a, a C-Org member who worked directly with L. Ron Hubbard. And since then, they've got these things all over the world. And they're specifically only catered towards the influential people, i.e. celebrities, right? Uh, Dusseldorf, uh, Florence, and even Las Vegas. They're very excited about their new, not just the Scientology, Church, but a celebrity center in Las Vegas. In fact, here's their exciting promotional video. Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the entertainment capital
1: of the world and home of the famous four-mile stretch known world over simply as The Strip. And it's also now home to the new Church of Scientology and Celebrity Center of Las Vegas. It stands just 10 minutes from the lights of the city, central to where those who entertain this town live. And this new church welcomes them all with a standing invitation to daily open houses where they can discover Dianetics and Scientology for themselves. It's here in the Scientology Academy counselors train in the techniques of auditing and it's designed to meet the needs of a growing Vegas congregation all counseling and course rooms lead to the central courtyard and cafe which makes it especially convenient for between course and counseling session breaks and in fact the main courtyard adjoins another this one is part of a celebrity center wing dedicated to the artists and performers who take the spotlight on the stages here it also has a president's lounge to receive everyone else who brings this town to life This wing even includes additional course and auditing rooms. The centerpiece of this church is its 300-seat chapel. In addition to every type of Scientology service and religious gathering, it also hosts community events and concerts throughout the week. And it's all configured to provide the perfect welcome to all. Because this auditorium flows directly into the full panorama of public information displays. Here's where the fundamentals of Dianetics and Scientology play out across the screens, along with every church-sponsored humanitarian and social betterment program. And the finale is appropriately reserved for an exhibit devoted to the life and legacy of Scientology's founder, L. Ron Hubbard. So there you have it, the new
0: Ideal Church of Scientology and Celebrity Center of Las Vegas. Ah, so there you have it. <clears throat> A new place for us to go witness, amen? Yeah, now you know where to go. But you can see, and so why in Vegas? Of all places, why'd they settle in Vegas? Yeah, we have a lot of what? Celebrities. Obviously, we know that living here, okay? Now, but again, it's all over the world. Again, these are specifically catered towards the celebrities, not just the average Joe Schmo guy who walks in, right? But again, Las Vegas, London, Munich, Nashville, New York City, Paris, Vienna, all across the world, literally LA again. Uh, now, critics of Scientology point to Hubbard's launch of what was called Project Celebrity in 1955. So this guy knew that this was the way that you promote him. Remember, that was the same time when he basically was losing it and had to get it back. Right? he's doing anything he turned into religion. They wear the clerical collars. You wouldn't talk about it against the man in the cloth, right? Get the Hollywood involved. You got to help us get this out there to give it legitimacy. That's when he got his fake doctorate and all that stuff. Okay, anyway, so he, he he launched Project Celebrity. It's on record in 1955 to quote recruit celebrities into Scientology. It's on record, and that the centers were established as an extension of this initial purpose. Now, that's on record. 1955. L. Ron Hubbard did it. Uh, you know what Scientology does today? Oh, no. They, quote, deny the existence and a, of their policy to recruit high-ranking celebrities. What? I mean, this is the common sense, right? In fact, let's take a look at the real purpose. One guy who has been there, done that. He tells us exactly what these things exist for. Let's
2: take a look. Hi, my name's Steve Mango, I'm an actor, a business owner, and I was a four-year parishioner of the Church of Scientology Celebrity Center in Hollywood. People always wonder, what's the fascination with celebrities inside Scientology? Why do they have their own celebrity center? And how do celebrities benefit Scientology? So here are a few things L. Ron Hubbard said about celebrities. So first, how does L.R.H. define a celebrity? So celebrity is also further defined as Any person important in his field or an opinion leader or his entourage, business associates, family, or friends with particular attention to the arts, sports, and management and government. LRH from HCO Policy Letter, May 23, 1967, on celebrities. So why celebrities? So LRH says, a being expands wanted conditions to the degree he is trained and uses Scientology technology. Celebrity Center will ensure that beings in power use their power to create a safe space, thus bringing about destimulation, and will bring people into aesthetics, and speed the forward drive of creating a new civilization." From HCO Policy Letter, February 22, 1970, Celebrity Center. So why artists? Elorate says, We instinctively revere the great artist, painter, or musician and society as a whole looks upon them as not quite ordinary beings. And they're not. They are a cut above man. What distinguishes civilized man as man is that he is mirrored into problems which just get worse the more he solves them. The being who can recognize the actual source of problems and so see them vanish is too rare to be easily comprehended. When a being can do this, make problems vanish with a glance, he is certainly no longer man. And the problems artists have are legend. L.R.H. from the State of Existence 1965. L.R.H. knew that celebrities would put legitimacy onto Scientology. If you have these famous faces attached to the church, yes, there's the aspect where they have money to donate to the church, but it's not even necessarily about that. It's more about having that one person that you may look up to actually be a Scientologist, and then you attribute their success to Scientology. So you'll see someone like Tom Cruise, and you may look up to him as an actor, and you say, well, he's in Scientology, it must be good. There must be some workable things inside Scientology. So you have these people who are opinion leaders in their fields, maybe they're in the government, and the police force, and they're talking about how Scientology has helped them. So you think, wow, well, you know, let me give this Scientology thing a shot. So a lot of people come in, and they stay in Scientology like I did, because of these celebrities. And I stayed in because I was saying, well, look, there are these different celebrities and famous faces who seem like they're doing quite well in life, and they're attributing it to Scientology. Maybe I'm not seeing what they're seeing, so let me give it a little bit more of a shot. Let me see what these famous people see in Scientology. And that's how they trap you, and that's how they get people to stay in Scientology.
0: Notice how, what I liked what he admitted was, not only uh, that's how people get, uh, quote, attracted into it in the first place, but even when he's like going like, this ain't working, I don't know, but you know what, I I, I just need to keep trying, because it's working for Tom, right, so it's a way to not just get people in, it's a way to keep them sucked in. Right. Because I mean, it's, I must be doing something wrong. I just got to do the pop can a couple more 10 times and I'm going to get it. I mean, Tom. Yeah. So that's really what's going on now. Recruiting Scientologists, celebrities and getting them to endorse Scientology to the public at large has always been important to Scientology, even though I kid you not, they deny this. it's all over the place. That's what I like about that. He's quoting actual letters and things of that nature. Scientology has even written a program governing celebrity recruitment, again, since 1955. uh, Hubbard called it uh, uh, Project Celebrity. And even back then, he offered rewards to Scientologists who recruited targeted celebrities. But you deny this right? A Scientology policy letter also in 1976 states, quote, listen, celebrities who are just approaching their prime enables the rapid dissemination of Scientology. So they don't, they purposely go after not just your average Joe Schmo actor. They want somebody that's showing like, hey man, they're getting ready to ascend or they're already ascending or they're the hot topic right now. We got to go get these people. Like a Tom Cruise and other people like that. But my question is, well, wait a second. Well, that's just, they're targeting people in their prime, right, why? Because then you have prime influence, right? Prime exposure, right? And the, the association with Scientology. But what about the average Joe Schmoe, right? Maybe they are an actor. And they go into one of these ones, these Scientology churches, if you will, that are just for actors. But what if they're not in their prime? What if they're just an average actor? I mean, what happens to them at this celebrity center? Do they get treated like Tom Cruise? Oh no, no, they get to go to the work camp. Watch this.
2: I came in there hoping to find spiritual fulfillment and get some guidance in my acting career. So over the course of four years, I donated close to $50,000 to the Church of Scientology. They lied to me, they manipulated me, and they took advantage of me. You have to have money to be a Scientologist, regardless of what they want to tell you. Do you have any investments? No. Do you have any gold bullion? no he wants me to call my grandmother and ask my grandmother to donate thirty-two hundred dollars. she's like look i need you to donate the total amount of your checking account they got my social security number they got you know all my financial information and all of them were running credit apps at the same time we have people higher up in american express and other financial institutions who are scientologists and they can underwrite and approve your credit card for the amount of credit that we need for you to be able to go clear. They'd show up to my house. They would knock on my door. Telemarketers have nothing on these people. They would call uh, 40 times a day. Give up on being an actor and become a staff member now. So they lay it on really hard. They put the CR contract and the pen in my hand. You're in on the greatest push in the last 2,500 years. You're gonna be an auditor and you're gonna help us clear this planet. So just listen to us, trust us, and sign the contract. Now this program is basically manual labor. You may be digging ditches for Scientology. You may be painting walls. You're doing manual hard labor from sunup to sundown. They're yelling at me, you are a horrible, disgusting, excuse for a human being you shouldn't even be living right now because you don't contribute anything into this world sign the contract and we'll handle getting rid of your apartment your car you give up on all your artistic dreams Scientology makes you forget all about them they suggest to women to have an abortion if they get pregnant if they're a Sea Org member because they believe a kid's just gonna hold back a woman from their mission Wow And apparently their mission is, uh, unless of
0: course, you're a celebrity on the rise with major cash. Oh, you might be into acting, but uh, you're not really contributing much. Shows in your career, but we got a place for you. Yeah, it's called manual labor, right? But let's take a look at some of the non, what I call Joe Schmo actors, right? And I'm gonna call out some names, then we're gonna get into some specifics and I'll tear that down. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not even familiar with a lot of these folks because I don't keep up with a lot of the modern shows and stuff of that nature, but just by way of record, in case you've heard of them or anybody watching tape, uh, just, just a heads up, these people are Scientologists in uh, Hollywood. Jennifer Aspen, Catherine Bell, David Campbell, Nancy Cartwright, Kate uh, Saramano, Erica Christensen, Chick Korea, Sky Dayton, Jason Doring, Jenna Elfman, Richard Elfman, Isaac Hayes we saw last time with the music, uh, uh, Mark Isham, Vivian Kubrick, Juliet Lewis, Alana Masterson, I guess she's on that show, Walking Dead. She's a Scientologist. Uh, Danny Masterson, he was on that show, the 70s show, that, that sitcom thing, whatever. Uh, Elizabeth Moss, Bijou Phillips, uh, Laura Preppen, she was that lady character on the 70s show. And uh, Giovanni uh, Ribisi, uh, Marissa Rivas, and uh, Princess Joy Via. Okay, but let's hit some folks that we are more familiar with, and I want to give you some background. Now, the first one, of course, is Kirstie Alley. Okay, she's a big time Scientologist, okay? She was born in 1951 as we all know. She's an American actress. She became, uh, her big breakthrough, how she got uh, <clears throat> rescued from the work in manual labor apparently. <laughs> her big uh, break in Hollywood was she starred, she played Lieutenant J.G. Uh, J. Savick in the uh, science fiction film Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, remember that? Okay, that was her big breakthrough moment, okay? So uh, she got rescued from manual labor, apparently. But she also starred, obviously, in a bunch of different movies uh, throughout the year. Summer School, Look Who's Talking, remember that? with I think it was John Travolta, who's also another Scientologist. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Then from 97, 2000, she starred in a sitcom, Veronica's Closet. In the 2000s, she's doing sitcoms revolving around her own life. In 2013, she does another short-lived one called uh, Kirstie. Uh, but she was raised in Wichita, Kansas in the Bible Belt. And her dad was uh, owned a lumber company. She actually attended Kansas State University, but she dropped out in her sophomore year. After moving to LA to pursue Scientology, okay, and to become an interior designer. Uh, she actually appeared on the contestant game show, Match Game, in 1979, and she won both rounds, winning $500 in the first round and $5,500 in the second round. And yes, my notes actually say this, gee, I wonder where the money went. <laughs> All right, but well, let's just move on, shall we? Okay, but anyway, so she's done that, and of course, uh, Scientology. Now, she was actually raised a Methodist. And again, it's sad, I mean, if you know anything about what's going on with the Methodists. Uh, man uh, the Wesley's must be rolling over in their graves uh, but, uh, but it's been decades now that they've you know, gone major into apostasy so I think it's sad number one and uh, unfortunately she probably wasn't a part of a good church but even, maybe she was maybe it was one of the few that are still hanging on to some sort of legitimate evangelical Christianity I don't know but what's sad is how do you get somebody that goes to a church service and they turn out to this That's folks that could happen to us Right? If we don't engage in the people around us. If we don't get to know people. Going to a church service doesn't save anybody. Right, You got to get to know them. Right? They may come here. They may get exposed. But if they leave here without knowing Christ. If nobody ever talks to them. If nobody ever witnessed to them. It's going to happen. And so she walked out. And she became a member of Scientology in 1979. And at the same time she became a Scientologist. Uh, she admitted she had at that time. Even back then a cocaine addiction. And she went through. Narconon, you guys familiar with that? But here's something I bet you aren't familiar with. Narconon is a treatment program created by Scientology. And I want to pre- this is from their own website. I wanna show it to you. Scientology, this is from them, their program. So guess what is spun into uh, Narconon? Scientology, they're using it as a platform, right? Watch this. Narconon was found in 1966, and I quote and this from their own website, Scientology, based on the discoveries and writings of L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard. Right? Narconon constitutes a worldwide network that helps people recover from the devastation of drug addiction. And that's a good thing. But what do they do? They combine procedures to alleviate the mental and physical anguish connected with drugs. Also, re- the reasons why a person turned to drugs in the first place. And I'll bet you I know what it was. Those Ingrams, those aliens, get them all up, right? You know it's going to be in there, right? Because this is what he came up with. L. Ron, listen to this one. L. Ron Hubbard's discovery that drugs and other toxic residuals accumulate in the body led to an innovative breakthrough in drug rehabilitation. Mr. Hubbard developed a safe, healthy, and thorough method of purging drugs from the body. Yeah, and they ended up in his drug chest on the ship that he floated around, right? And he used them himself. This is coming from the biggest drug user of all time. Can you believe that? But this is just a platform to suck people in to get them into Scientology. And I, I would say that's was, she was already into it, it sounded like, but when she got into a drug problem, she got further cemented into Scientology because she got into it there, drug treatment uh, treatment program. Now, she also continued her training and it's on record supposedly as of 2007, Kirsty Alley, that's right, show her picture again, she has apparently attained the level of OT-7. One more to go and she makes it to that OT-8 level with apparently Hubbard made, Well, you know, again, it's like, well, how's it working out for you? Because remember, when you get to these, not just clear, now she's into the second stage. Why are there so many trouble? I'm not trying to tear her down, but why, why do you got so, so many troubles? We'll get to this if we get that far in the end with witnessing, this is an important thing. If this stuff really works, especially when you get to this level, why are these celebrities having so much trouble in their life? Shouldn't all those engrams be gone by now, right? So that's an important point, right? And then uh, she bought a house uh, um, from uh, Lisa Marie Presley uh, in uh, Florida, also uh, familiar with Scientology. And uh, it's in Clearwater, Florida, which is right next to the one of the big headquarters, the one where that hotel is. Don't check in there. You may not check out. It's worse than the Roach Motel. It's a Scientology hotel, right? Uh, Also, this is how deep she still is into it today. Fellow actress, uh, Leah Remini, when she left Scientology in 2013, Ali, Kirstie Ali publicly denounced Remini as, quote, a repulsive bigot because she turned on Scientology. And that's a direct quote. Right. Now, I'll give you another one if you're familiar with this lady. Her name's Ann Archer. Okay, uh, She's an older actress, and uh, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in Fatal Attraction. She was in Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, some of that stuff. Uh, she's made tons of TV appearances. If you're familiar with uh, those exciting classic shows that you can get on uh, alternative uh, cable channels, apparently. Man remember that show? Man X. Yeah, all two of you, praise God. Uh, Hawaii Five-0, uh, Little House on the Prairie, and Falcon Crest, for those of you hooked on 80s soap operas at night. Uh, but anyway, but listen, her, she was originally a Christian scientist. So, didn't fare too well. She didn't have a good upbringing anyways. We saw with her last study uh, in the Colts. Uh, but her husband and her, they became uh, members of Scientology. They've been since 1975. Now, between 1982 and 1986, she was a spokeswoman for applied scholastics. You guys heard of that? I'll get to that in just a second. Who's behind that? Interesting. It's a literary training organization sponsored by Scientology. It's another the way they suck people in, not only Narconon, but applied scholastics as well. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, and she has a son. Her son's name is Tommy. His last name is Davis. The reason why I bring that up is because if you recall a couple of weeks ago, back in the Xenu, and at the very end of that study, I showed you a Scientologist who was asked, could you tell us about Xenu? And he got so mad and he just walked up, took the thing, that was her son. That's Ann Archer's son, Tommy Davis, right? That was the guy who did that, all right? But anyway, let's go back to that applied scholastics. That was founded in 1972 to quote, and I quote, to promote the use of study techniques created by L. Ron Hubbard. What, another way you're sucking people in? I'm telling you. And uh, he, he had these theories that he called, so you can learn better, right, called study technology. They also run what's called Hollywood Education and Literary Project or HELP, the World Literary Crusade, Education Alive, and Literary Education and Abilities Program or what's called LEAP. They're all sponsored by Scientology, okay? And uh, Hubbard's theories uh, were described as techniques you could use to quote, remove barriers from learning. I wonder what those barriers are. Rhymes with, get them off aliens engrams all that stuff right now uh, applied scholastics licenses listen to this it's not just a way to suck people into Scientology what was Hubbard's motive watch this applied scholastics licenses study tech this method of better learning from L. Ron Hubbard to a number of schools throughout the world and in return guess what these schools had to pay four percent of their gross income back to applied uh, scholastics which goes to guess here Scientology Right? Now, in fact, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, applied scholastics convinced uh, a school there to implement study tech, right? And the critics came out and said, and I quote, this is an insidious plan ultimately aimed at promoting Scientology. Mm, you're right. That's exactly what it is, okay? But there's other people. So that's, let's get into some musicians. If you guys are familiar with this guy, this is Beck, Beck Hansen, Beck David Campbell. Uh, he's a famous American writer, singer, Uh, a bunch of different albums folk all kinds of different genre that he's involved in Uh, he was sent to live with his paternal grandparents growing up in Kansas again the Bible Belt uh, because they were quote they were he said I think they were kind of concerned about his weird home life right Uh, dad being involved in Scientology and things that nature Uh, his grandfather father the paternal grandfather was a Presbyterian minister okay Uh, So he grew up influenced by the not only quote church, but church music and hymns. But his parents separated when he was 10 and he stayed with his mom and his brother in LA. Uh, But today he actually defines himself not just as a Scientologist, but quote, he's both Jewish and a Scientologist. Doesn't mix, right? But he said he's been involved most of his life. His wife, Marissa, is a second-generation Scientologist. uh, And he was interviewed by the New York Times Magazine. He quoted, yeah, I'm a Scientologist. My father's been a Scientologist for about 35 years now. So I grew up in and around it. So that's how he got into it. Now, another music genre, because again, they use celebrities. That could be Hollywood. It could be music, right? Okay. But uh, this guy, rapper, Doug E. Fresh, okay dougie fresh and if you're not familiar with him uh, is he's a, a rapper a famous rapper from the barbados okay area there and he's called the human Beatbox, and i guess he was a pioneer in and doing special effects with his uh, mouth lips gums throat tongue and microphone so apparently i missed my calling because that's how i grew up bugging my sisters i didn't have a microphone though but i still You have a little brother, that was me, uh, and I did it very well. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, so apparently he making a career out of it. Uh, He's a member of Scientology, and uh, in fact, he's not just a member of Scientology, he uses his, quote, talents to even uh, sing at the Celebrity Center galas. So he even performs at their Celebrity Center to help promote. Uh, He also, this is interesting, he performed two tracks on the Scientology music album. Yes, they make their own music albums, apparently. Called, and this one was called, The Joy of Creating. And he also did that with other artists like Isaac Hayes, before he, and Chick Corea, Edgar Winter, and Carl Anderson. And yes, my notes actually say this. I wonder why they didn't use any of Hubbard's songs. <laughs> why do you need to come up? how can you top Hubbard? Yeah, I think we all know why. Anybody remember, anybody still scarred with that horse? (laughs) I almost showed it again, but that's right. I love you and I spared you, right? (laughs) Anyway, so he got turned on to Scientology by his girlfriend. His girlfriend at the time got turned on by Isaac Hayes, okay? But Dougie Fresh kept it going, uh, but she turned away from him, but he's still that today, okay? And he's also a spokesperson for the, quote, hip-hop public health education center at Harlem Hospital Center in New York City, so, gee, I wonder if the hip-hop public health education center is being used like everything else too, right? So, again, they will go into any genre, any whatever to recruit people, right? Now, here's another one. If you guys are into more kind of like a 80s, 90s rock music, this is a guy, bassist, one of the best bassists in the world. His name is Billy Sheehan, and he was voted uh, the best rock player. Uh, he's played with some, some, some big guys. He's been in Scientology for uh, since 1971, Okay. Uh, He has been uh, involved with people like uh, David Lee Roth from Van Halen, uh, Steve Vai, if you're familiar with him, but this is a very uh, famous uh, guy, but uh, he's involved. So again, there's a multiple musicians. I'm just hitting some highlights and I'm just kind of guessing some people that you might know, you might not know. Uh, But I I wanna show this guy because this guy is, up and coming. He's been around for a while, but he's really getting famous because of the Marvel movies coming out. And that's this guy, Michael Peña. You might be familiar with him because recently there was a part 2 movie that just came out, Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Of course, the first one was called Ant-Man, right? But this is that guy. He was that kind of funny Hispanic character, right? If you saw the movie, it is kind of funny. But, but he's committed in a, actually a bunch of different films, Shooter, uh, Battle LA, Gangster Squad, American Hustle, Martian Chips, and of course Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. His parents were uh, immigrating from Mexico, uh, originally were farmers, and, uh, and all it just basically says is he too is a Scientologist. So this guy's up and coming, so they already sucked him in, right? And so he's gonna be used to unfortunately uh, influence people as well, even in the Hispanic community, right? Now, as we saw before, uh, uh, early on in our study, this now it's also celebrities in even the news, right? And Greta Van Sustren, longtime Scientologist, Uh, She was a former TV news anchor for CNN, Fox News, NBC News. She hosted the Fox News on the record with Greta Van Suster and whatever for nearly 15 years. And in 2016, she was listed as the 94th most powerful woman in the world. And I wonder what she's using that influence for behind the scenes. You know it's Scientology. Her and her husband have been Scientologists for a long time. Now, another lady, uh, back to the actress and uh, actors, uh, Kelly Preston. She's another uh, famous actress. She's appeared in uh, more than 60 TV and film productions, uh, Jerry Maguire, uh, and she's married to guess who? John Travolta. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, she starred with him in their, their their big flop, Battlefield Earth, based on Hubbard's book. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, more recent movies, sort of recent movies. She's been in the cat in the hat, old dogs, broken bridges, things of that nature. But again, back with the Battlefield Earth, she played uh, John Travolta's girlfriend in the movie. John Travolta's character was an alien called Terrell, right? So she played the girlfriend of Terrell in that movie. Right? As we saw before, it was a big flop right huge flop lost mega bucks okay and of course john travolta got all those bad awards and all that stuff well she got them too uh she was uh, received the quote worst supporting actress uh, for her role in the film so they both got it right and uh but she did do another one if you're familiar of she she was like a super heroine uh, in in a film called sky high i think that was with kurt russell so she was the mom right so that one didn't do too bad I guess that made up for Battlefield Earth. But uh, she was married to actor Kevin Gage for a couple of years. Then she had a relationship for a while with George Clooney. And listen to this. I didn't know this. She was briefly engaged to Charlie Sheen in 1990. Until, hey, things happen. Um, quote, uh, the relationship ended shortly after he accidentally shot her in the arm. <laughs> what are you going to do? You try to stick things out, but usually when you... Yeah, so after that, she uh, starts hanging out with Travolta, of course, and uh, they get married. Okay, and of course, they get married by a Scientology uh, minister. Now, speaking of John Travolta, let's talk about him. John Travolta, uh, he, obviously, we know him. He's an a, he's a actor. He's a director, a film producer, a dancer, singer, the whole nine yards. He got his big break with Vinnie Barbarino. Remember that? Vinnie ba- now, can anybody name the rest of the Sweat Hogs? Horseshack, Vinnie Barbarino. Boom Boom Washington, Juan Epstein. You guys, I'm out of gum. Sorry, but I would have <laughs> give you something, right? Uh, but that's his big breakthrough. I mean, he had some other music. In fact, I, I looked it up. I guess he was he's in a, had an early singing career, right, back in the 70s, and he had this uh, video. Uh, I watched oh, it. It was on American Bandstand. It was still on YouTube when I was doing this research. I said, oh, are you serious? What was it? Well, how, I wonder what that song sounded like. It was called Letter In. <laughs> you know, I almost played it, but that's right. I love you guys, and I spared you. (laughs) I guess it was cool for 70s, but anyway, so welcome back, Cotter, that was a big thing. Saturday Night Fever, took him off. Then he backed it up with Grease, remember that? That expose on Crisco and how they make that wonderful batter for, no, it's a different kind of Grease. Uh, Pulp Fiction, of course, uh, Get Shorty, Broken Arrow, Swordfish, Hairspray, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so he's got all kinds of rewards, nominations, and that stuff. He's been in the industry for a long time. He was raised a Roman Catholic believe it or not, which is not good, so. But he converted to Scientology back in 1975, so he's been in this for quite some time. Uh, He had a relationship with actress Diana Hylam, who he met while filming, that's right, who remembers this show? The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. (laughs) Yeah, now that's entertainment. (laughs) How'd that song go? Let her in, let her in. You got to go see it, but I love you. I spared you. Anyway, so he—that's who he hung out with for a while. Then he married Kelly Preston, right? I, course, uh, apparently he broke out of the bubble, and he dun dun dun. Anyway, uh, they had uh, three kids: Jet, and I believe he's the one that recently passed away, I had seizures and stuff of that nature. That is kind of sad. And another uh, daughter, Ella Blue, and a third child, Benjamin. Right now. Time Magazine published a cover story uh, 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 called The Thriving Cult of Greed and Power. And in the article, a former Scientology executive director alleged that Travolta was wary of leaving the faith, as if he kind of wanted to get rid of, leave Scientology. But, quote, but he feared that Scientology would publish detailed revelations of his private life. Remember what we saw before and they admitted it? What do they do? They record the sessions. And remember in those sessions, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to cough up every negative thing to get clear. Well, now they got you on tape, right? And this is a secular input that even says that. But he got into it in 1975. He was given a book, the book Dianetics in 1975 while he was filming a movie called The Devil's Reign in Durango, Mexico. So that's how he got it. But that's right. Um, I'll even set the pace. I saved this one for last. Tom Cruise, that's right. I saved him for last because he's the most famous one, typically, uh, as well. So Tom Cruise, his real name, believe it or not, is this, and I quote, Thomas Cruise, I'll just spell it because I don't even know how to say it. M-A-P-O-T-H-E-R, the fourth, right? Mapother, 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 Mapother. That's right, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, now you know why. It's... Tom Cruise, we just skipped the map thing, right, (laughs) anyway, so obviously he's an actor, he's a producer, big time producer too, Uh, and uh, he began his career at the age of 19 with the film Endless Love. Endless love, and and then he got he got his big release with Top Gun. Remember that one risky business back in the day too, as well. Uh, but he's well known for, of course, another one just came out with the Mission Impossible. He's this agent guy, Ethan Hunt guy. So he's big in that. He's won all kinds of awards, uh, best actor, best performance, all that stuff, supporting role. Uh, his films have grossed more than 3.7 billion at the U.S. and Canadian box office. More than nine, not million, nine billion worldwide. Right? Making him the 8th highest grossing actor in all of North America and one of the top grossing actors in the world. And of course, what does he openly use that influence to the world to promote? Scientology. Okay. Uh, he grew up in a Catholic upbringing as well unfortunate he also grew up with a lot of poverty in fact for a while there he briefly attended a Franciscan seminary in Cincinnati Ohio on a scholarship and aspired to become a Catholic priest before he got interested into acting and that's what he pursued Uh, again all kinds of movie taps the outsiders all the right moves risky business the color of money rain man Uh, Days of Thunder, Vanilla Sky, Minority Report, The Last Samurai, War of the Worlds, when that movie came out, that was one of the top grossing movies that whole year, like a half a billion dollars. Uh, Jack Reacher, Oblivion, The Mummy, and again, of course, the big series now is The Mission Impossible. But he's also noted that he is not just a a powerful influential actor, but he is a major mega producer. In fact, he was described by the Hollywood economist Edward J. Epstein, not to be uh, confused with one, Uh, as quote, listen, one of the most powerful and richest forces in Hollywood. Not just in acting, just a force in Hollywood. And quote, Cruz is one of the few producers, okay, that is able to guarantee the success of a billion dollar franchise. And they uh, put him up there with, and I quote, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Jerry Bruckheimer. Okay, you wouldn't think that of Cruz, but that's what he's doing behind the scenes when it comes to producing things of that nature. Now, his relationships, he's been divorced three times, he's got three kids, two are adopted, one biological. Cruz had relationships in the beginning with older women, uh, Rebecca uh, DeMornay, uh, Patty Scialfa, and even Cher, apparently had a relationship with Cher for a while there. Uh, he married actress Mimi Rogers, and it was Mimi Rogers who introduced Cruz to Scientology. So he got in, into it by another actress. Uh, then after that, he married Nicole Kidman, Right? Then after Nicole Kidman, he goes down to and begins to date Penelope Cruz. And then when that didn't work out, remember we saw before the Scientology, uh, Shelly Miscavige, David Miscavige's wife, was part of the process of what? Hunting him a new girlfriend slash wife, of course. And that turned into, guess who? Katie Holmes. So they were married for a while. Uh, but they divorced after five and a half years of marriage. And of course, now they're in a custody battle with their Daughter and things of that nature, but he's an outspoken pr- uh, person as we saw before uh, with that um, uh, with Scientology. Period, right? And in fact, so much so do they Scientology acknowledge that he's such a powerful force for Scientology that David Miscavige, the leader, gave uh, him Tom Cruise the Scientology Medal, uh, Freedom Medal of Valor to Tom Cruise. You know, I guess I don't know the highest thing or whatever, but uh, but also, if you were here last time, we saw that video. Uh, that's still on YouTube. I want to explain a little bit about that video of Tom Cruise talking about Scientology. And remember it was just like this nonsensical, this thing, and I, <laughs> remember that one, All right? Well, believe it or not, when that first came out, Scientology did what they always do, what they do, threaten lawsuit, get it off, whatever. YouTube, to their credit, they checked it out and said, no, this is no violation. This is when the fair use, and they put it back up. That's the only reason why it's still online. But, because even Scientology admits, that doesn't make us look good, Tom. But that's what's going on with that. Now, uh, again, he's one of the most powerful actors and all that stuff. In fact, not just here in the United States, but around the world. In fact, did you know that Japan has Tom Cruise Day? They do, October 10th. In fact, it started October 10th, 2006. But that is Tom Cruise Day in Japan. So he's very well-known around the world, and he uses it to influence people. In fact, Scientology says that thanks to just Tom Cruise... Remember what we're talking about. We witness the truth. We share the truth. We defend the truth. What do they do? Theirs ain't the truth. So what do they do? They suck people in with celebrities. And Scientology has admitted just the mileage they're getting out of Tom Cruise. They've influenced over, not a million, a billion people. Watch this.
2: They say that Tom Cruise has helped introduce Scientology to over a billion people on this planet.
1: A Scientologist can be defined by a single question. Would you want others to achieve the knowledge you now have? In answering that question, Tom Cruise has introduced LOH technology to over 1 billion people of Earth. And that's only the first wave he's unleashed, which is why the story of Tom Cruise Scientologist has only just begun.
2: So all across the planet, people, you know, see Tom Cruise as this huge movie star and they say, well, you know, Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. Let me find out what Scientology is. And that's the danger of having celebrities attached to Scientology because you go into Scientology and then you learn about the abuses and the money extortion and all of these other horrible things.
0: But it's too late. They got you sucked in. But again, who do they use to do it? It's- Hollywood, and they they even call it Celebrity Sinners, but I I could not believe it when I read it, but they deny they actually do this. But they're excited about this. And back in the day, Hubbard would reward people who would get Hollywood. It's just crazy. Now, as far as a side note, why does the Hollywood elite even get attracted to this, right? Let alone be used to suck other people into it. Well, I like what one guy says, it makes a lot of sense. He says, I think the reason why celebrities get interested into Scientology is because it's a religion that pretty well fits their kind of celebrity personality. He said it's very individualistic and it celebrates your individual identity as ultimately divine. In fact, what do we call a lot of the people in Hollywood? Divas or what you know, They're like, oh my god, we treat them like right? Scientology caters to that. He says it claims that to give you ultimate power over your mind, self, destiny, so I think it fits pretty well with an actor personality. And then the wealth question. These aren't people who necessarily need more wealth, but what they do need, and often want at least, is some kind of spiritual validation for their wealth and lifestyle. And Scientology is a religion that says it's okay to be wealthy, it's okay to be famous. In fact, that's a sign of your spiritual development. So Scientology is a kind of spiritual validation for these people with this kind of a lifestyle. So that's why they get sucked into it, right? But let's finish up the workbook. All right, so that's why it's so attractive. Not because, man, this is so incredible. It's logical. It's based on truth. Man, it's just just convicting to the core. It's just, how do you art? Yeah, whatever. Okay, it's attractive because they use Hollywood to suck people into it. But how do we witness to them, right? Real quick as we close. Well, first of all, you need to establish the unique authority of the Bible. Why? Because you don't get the Bible right. What falls downhill? Everything goes downhill, right? And again, who do they follow? What's their source of authority? It's not the Bible, it's this guy. So you gotta get them off the faulty source of authority and get them onto the right source of authority, which is only the Bible. That's it, right? And so, in fact, we, if you guys aren't, don't realize, there's a new resource we got out in book form. Give it for Sandy she can put pictures in it. It's really cool. But did the Bible really come from God, right? And so that's a good resource that you could use Uh, that the that we have available um, that will help you get you know to give a defense why the Bible is unlike any other book on the planet why the Bible is trustworthy not like L Ron Hubbard so you need to get them to the scripture why because when you submit to the scripture what happens you don't have to say it it gets illuminated this is not trustworthy so number one you're gonna witness to them you got to get the Bible elevated uh, into their mind number two you need to show the uniqueness of Jesus because again what do they do Jesus is just a negative engram that the aliens implant in your mind. There's nothing unique about him. If you even want to talk about him, he's no different than uh, Muhammad and Buddha and Confucius and all that stuff, right? Remember we saw that before? No. What's the Bible say? Jesus is the only way uh, to heaven. Jesus, you're right, is the Son of God, right? D- Jesus said he was God multiple times, right? My Lord, my God, Thomas said uh, with that. Just multiple passages John chapter 1, all that stuff. But Jesus, Colossians 1 said he's also the Creator Jesus rose again from the grave Muhammad Buddha. They're still dead. They're not God They didn't create the world, right? They didn't go to a cross. They didn't die for anybody, right? So so you demonstrate the uniqueness of Jesus He's more than just a moral teacher, right? And he didn't leave us with that option like what uh, Josh McDowell says in his classic book more than a carpenter Right that Jesus you know either you look at it logically based on the evidence that we see in the Gospels uh, He's either Lord or he's some sort of a liar uh, or he is just flat out a, a lunatic, right? Well, he isn't a liar. You didn't. There is no. He didn't say any lies. He doesn't contradict himself. His behavior is not consistent with a lunatic. So therefore, he's what? He's who he said he was. He is the Lord, right? So you demonstrate that to them. Number three, don't bring up strange stuff. Okay, lower level members don't even know about it. Remember that was said. So probably somebody like they just got involved into Scientology. Uh, I'm not saying you could never bring it up, but just be prepared. You know, don't necessarily slam them right off the bat with, hey, did you hear about Xenu? <laughs> okay, because remember when you find out about Xenu. That's not until you get to the OT levels. Then they drop that bomb on you. But most of the people what? Most of the people have never even got to the Scientologist's uh, OT levels. They're still working on that first part called getting clear. So they don't even know about it. So it's, you're kind of wasting your time, right, uh, to a certain extent. You know, just use the Lord's judgment. Of that uh, do not deny Scientology is a religion, is your final blank there. Is a religion, they will likely tune you out, right? Uh, if you're witnessing to a Catholic, I'm not saying that it probably would not be the best technique the very first time. I'm not saying you don't ever discuss it, but probably wouldn't be the very first time for you to say, Hey, you what? What's that? You're a Catholic? Hey, did you know the Pope is the Antichrist? And he's. <laughs> Probably not the best way to just go for the throat right off the bat. Now, the Pope, you know, it was one guy said, if he's not the false prophet, he's working real hard to get the job. Okay, I'm not saying he is the false prophet, but man. (laughs) And we know scripturally that our sole mediator is Jesus Christ. And he's not in the vicar of Christ is what they mean with the Pope. He's not Papa, right? We have only one advocate, one mediator. That's Jesus Christ. We don't go through Mary. We don't go through the Pope. We don't need a priest tell us to how, what the Bible means, you know, right? But again, uh, be careful that you go for the throat. So if you sit there, you guys aren't even a religion. You're like, oh, you, uh, you might get to that later. But, you know, again, you need to focus on what's important. Uh, they, they need to understand that. Listen to what the Bible says. L- l- Jesus is more than what you've been told, Right? And, and things of that nature. Um, uh, don't smear Hubbard's character. Again, they're going to take it personal. right? I'm not saying you can't uh, talk about it. We certainly did an extensive study on it. And eventually you're going to get at that. But in the beginning, they're, they're going to quote what? Defend his character and consider you part of the conspiracy. right? That's sometimes very hard. I'm not saying don't ever talk about Joseph Smith when you witness to a Mormon. I'm not saying don't talk about Charles Taze Russell when you witness to a Jehovah's Witness. right? But typically right off the bat... Mm, they're, not, they're not really wanting to even talk about that. In fact, what they've been trained by their cult is, well, that's just proof that you're an apostate and I can't listen to you, right? You don't know, he was the prophet, you know, all that stuff. So it, uh, you do need to talk about these things as the Lord leads, but again, be careful how you, you again, you just don't blow them out of the water uh, right out of the gates, right? And then number six, ask some internal Scientology inconsistencies. And that's what we pointed out, quote, higher level people getting sick. They get, they're getting cancer. They're, they're dying. Wait a second. I, I thought they're at the higher level. Remember, remember Hubbard? How did they explain his death? Oh, he was so spiritually. made it all the way through OT8 and, and gone. He just, he just shed his body, quote, dropping the body. He was so Well, how come? What's wrong? These guys are going through these levels. How come they're still getting sick? Why are they going to the hospital? I mean, this is beyond clear. I mean, they, they, gotta be, they should be the most healthy people. They got hardly any aliens left on at this point. Right? They should be healthy, vigor. Their relationships should be awesome. The Hollywood, these people, how's their relationships? How many times, Cruise been all these people? What? It's just as messed up, if not worse, than the average person who's not even involved in Scientology. So where's the proof? Is the point that he's talking about? Where's the proof? Right. If this is so good, then why isn't it panning out? Why don't I see any peace in your life? Oh, that's convicting for the Christian. Because you know what the world should see in us? Peace, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Just walking around being a Christian should attract people to Christ, right? Scientology, flip it around. That's what you're basically asking. Where's the attraction? So dare I say, if you're going to point that out, you need to, and I have this in my notes, number seven. You need to give them your testimony, You need to tell them why and how Jesus has made a difference in you. And not just say it, but if you're involved with people who are involved in this, what do you do? Show it. Because a lot of people don't care what you say until you show it, right? And there's nothing better than for a Christian to shine the light of Jesus Christ specifically in times of hardship. In trouble because guess what they're gonna go through Scientology doesn't work and this is not heaven heaven comes later right they're gonna go through troubles we're gonna go through troubles they're gonna have hard times we're gonna have hard times Jesus said what you're gonna have hard times right this is not heaven heaven comes later he says you're gonna be persecuted right so one thing that we have in conjunction with everybody on the planet is we're all going to have difficulties but what should be the difference it's the way we react to difficulties And as Paul says, when you walk and live and keep in step with the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but you will what? Demonstrate, it's not you doing it, it's the Spirit of God through you demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. So that the Scientologist says, man, I just dumped $500,000 and I'm up to OT4 and I ain't got what you got. And you have never invested a, Can, can I have that? But that's the question, is that what we are demonstrating? and showing uh, to the lost, all right? Scientology, we're done and clear, free and clear of this study, that's right. Lord willing, our next uh, major study, uh, we're gonna get into again, uh, it says one is Pentecostalism, but that's gonna be an excuse to get into, uh, again, the charismatic issue and the roots of that and what's going on with that as well. Uh, but before we get to that, Lord willing, uh, since we just started a new prophecy study, the final countdown tribulation rising and uh, I kind of wanted to take a little bit of break for a bust into that one and we're going to do uh, uh, kind of a study on the early church and the uh, churches of uh, Asia Minor uh, Revelation chapter 2 and 3 those churches and I uh, kind of want to deal some with his, some historical attributes so I thought it'd be kind of a good way to kind of also get a two-bang punch on Sundays and Wednesdays at least for the first month and then we'll get back into Uh, Lord willing, uh, this kind of a study. So let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We we, we don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray, to to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there. Uh, The the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, How many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, If you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But Folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-rays, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The fifth commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even his name is holy. And that's why the ten commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven, that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin? Then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more the Bible says okay you think you're so good uh, then don't ever once commit murder you shall not murder and you might say well hey I, at least I haven't done that one really the Bible again says that the sin of hatred wishing someone was uh, dead is akin to the sin of murder it's just if you will you pull the trigger in your heart so, so, so how are you doing that's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray by the way uh, showing us the problem how are you doing Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You'll be forced to admit what He already knows. Hey God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a a liar. I'm a a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven. In that state, you're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, Number one, then He can fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, He says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there, and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says, God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins against Him. And you can actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail, you are going to the death penalty for that crime. And we know that people, that happens all the time, and they go to jail, but believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon. For their crimes and by receiving that pardon the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son Jesus Christ to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death road who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extends to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, all of it, even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon his name, ask him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and Uh, Things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.